it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not throw the challenge flag at Joe Biden yesterday on Capitol Hill. Fed Chair Jerome Powell telling Congress it is not Putin's price hike and that inflation went up higher before Putin invaded Ukraine. Come on, man. This comes as top Obama strategist David Axelrod saying Biden should step aside for Gavin Newsom in 2024. This is, of course, very significant because Joe Biden served eight years as Barack Obama's vice president. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And we will discuss, along with a landmark ruling by the Supreme Court in favor of gun owners, a six to three vote to uphold your right to concealed carry in places like New York City, where I live. Now, people are, of course, concerned more guns could lead to more gun deaths. But if we're being fair, uh, in New York anyway, 85% of these shootings are actually Knicks fans who shot themselves. So stay focused. 888-788-9910 if you want a part of this thing. Also, the phone number if you don't want a part of this thing. Uh, <laughs> I always say that would be great radio. Just call up and be like, you suck. That would be fun. We'd laugh at that. Uh, but either way, it's an audio safe space for cool people where you could be a Republican, you could be a Democrat. Just don't be a Big night on the television really quick before we dive in. I will be on Kennedy uh, tonight at 7 o'clock on the party panel. And then at 8 p.m. This is the big one, man. This is a big matchup. I will be squaring off against Dana Perino on Tucker Carlson's final exam. It's going to be a war. I mean, man, former White House press secretary. This is this is White House against White Castle, uh, if you will. The tail of the tape, not looking good for your radio, buddy, but I will show up and give it the old community college try. It is 8 p.m. tonight, Tucker Carlson tonight. Uh, you will see me there. Of course, the big show on Capitol Hill yesterday, Jerome Powell. This is a wild one. So Powell, your Fed chair, goes in yesterday and just throws Biden just right under the bus. And it's fascinating, okay, but it had to happen. The one thing you will give Powell is everybody says he's waited too long on interest rates. Um, Everybody said he was wrong to say inflation was transitory. He did come around and at least admit to his mistake. So there is, at the very least, some ownership of performance, whereas Biden, and this has been one of the biggest criticisms against him, has, has really, I mean, passed the buck. I, like a Joe Montana. You know, some people say Tom Brady. I actually consider Joe Montana the better quarterback just because the pass interference, you know, penalties were a lot more lax. When Joe Montana and Jerry Rice played, like you could get away with like sexually assaulting a wide receiver as a defensive back. They were like, I don't know, maybe you enjoyed it. No flag. Now you like make eye contact with a the receiver. They're like, oh, that's a little menacing. That's going to be a 20-yard penalty automatic first down. So I don't know. I always consider Joe Montana the superior quarterback of the two, but we're not going to get into that argument. The point is Biden has put a lot of effort into not owning his own job performance, you know, wh- whether it was, you know, oh, it's MAGA's fault. 
You know, we got this uh, Afghan with troop withdrawal was bad. MAGA, you know, Trump wanted to get out. True. But Trump didn't want to take the troops out ahead of the civilians, which is exactly what Biden did. That's stupid. Use your common sense. But rather than owning the mistake, he got on TV and told us it was a success with a straight face. Like, no, it was the most successful airlift in, in history. But there's a lot of Americans who have a hard time counting 13 dead service members and thousands of Americans left behind enemy lines as a success, especially when the whole point of going to Afghanistan was to make sure it didn't become a breeding ground for terror groups. We wind up leaving with a terror group running the country, sitting on $85 billion worth of our weapons. That can't be good. The point is it also can't be a success. It was not a success. Biden doesn't own his performance when it comes to the gas prices. Okay, he's been telling you it's Putin's price hike, but reality is what? He declared war on the fossil fuel industry as a candidate, and when he got into office, the first thing he did was sign executive orders that sacrificed 10,000 American jobs at the altar of environmental virtue signaling. That's what the end of the Keystone Energy Pipeline was. And understand, none of these initiatives made our environment any better, any cleaner. Okay, if the, if the oil ain't coming in by pipeline, it's coming in by train. Okay, a lot more pollution on the train than there is in the pipeline. It's no different now. Okay, when you limit domestic energy production, but you go import the oil from other parts of the world that burn it filthier, you're making the environment dirtier. Okay, and not only is it dirtier because we're consuming the same amount of oil, we're just burning it in a filthier way, but we're consuming fuel to get it here. So Biden has made things exponentially worse. But again, he hasn't owned the fact that this has driven prices through the roof, no differently than inflation. He wants you to believe, oh, it's Putin's price hike. The real number, and this matters, this is the whole point of my show, is I just want to have an honest conversation with you. I don't want to be right. I'm a talk show host. I shouldn't be in charge of our democracy. That's crazy. Come on, man. I went to community college. I majored in intro to Xbox. Like I did, you know, there's no way. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm a talk show host, not an activist, not a strategist. But here's reality. When Biden took over from Donald Trump, uh, inflation nationally was at 1.5%, 1.5%. So Biden wants you to believe, oh, it's Putin's price hike. You know, Putin drove it all the way up. No, no, no. Biden took over at 1.5%. On the day Putin invaded Ukraine, you know what inflation was at? It was above 7%. Oh, wow. So Biden drove up inflation by a minimum of six, six and a half points, about six and a half points. He drove up inflation. Okay, it's gone up almost two points since then. But calling it Putin's price is bananas. Okay, 80% of this is Biden's fault. Okay, and again, we are only adversely impacted by the things Putin does because we're no longer energy independent. So Putin's actions wouldn't even have an impact on us if, in fact, we had left what Joe Biden inherited in place. But we didn't do that. Again, we went out and placated the far-left environmental wing of the party who thinks they're going to save the world. They're crazy. But again, it's my favorite thing in the world. Okay, we, the longest-running joke is that you can be a weatherman and be wrong 80% of the time and still keep your job. Oh, weatherman, that's the one job you got to get because you could suck at it and you're still going to get hired back. Woo, it's great. That's like the oldest joke in the history of television and radio. So it's like a 200-year-old joke that gets told all the time. Yet while we tell that joke every day about how the weatherman doesn't know what's going to happen tomorrow— they want you to believe they know what the weather's going to be like in 40 or 50 years from now. Come on, man, as Joe Biden might say. But right now it's not about Joe Biden. It's about Jerome Powell. I want to play this clip because it's really fascinating. And you got to understand there's real implications here. OK, the real implications being that Joe Biden is already a lame duck president. Worth saying, OK, 
Joe, you know, Jerome Powell, his Fed chair, just throwing him right under the bus is not common. Okay, if a president is powerful, if a president is influential and respected in Washington. Okay, but you have people defying him in public fashion. These aren't those anonymously sourced bombshells they were publishing to try and weaken Trump, weaken the perception of Trump and his grip on the party. These are public facing officials like Jerome Powell. These are public facing advisors. OK, like David Axelrod, when a Barack Obama's top advisor is saying Biden should step aside in 2024 for Gavin Newsom, understand that's Barack Obama telling him that. Tell him like it is. I mean, if, if David Axelrod is publicly saying no Biden in 2024 and heaven forbid, heaven forbid we have Kamala Harris. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. <laughs> when David Axelrod is saying that leapfrog both of these yahoos for Gavin Newsom, which, by the way, pretty hard to sell Newsom on a national level. What's the goal here to turn the whole country into the outdoor restroom he turned California into? Make America poop again. (laughs) California is disgusting. It's a cesspool. I'll be there July 1st through the 8th, by the way, if anybody wants to hang out. You are so dumb. You are really dumb, for real. But the point is, when they're openly defying and undermining Joe Biden, that's a testament to his weakness. Joe Biden's finished as a president. The majorities they hold in the Senate and the House are so slim that they can't pass any meaningful legislation, period. Can't do it. And now you understand the midterms are currently trending in a direction where he is going to lose his party. More seats. I mean, they're saying maybe 90 seats. 90. That's a huge number. You know what the record is right now? The record for seats lost in a midterm is 63. That's held by Barack Obama. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. Biden is on pace to break that record. And one of the reasons why is he's just told one lie after another. Lies. Okay, we make fun of him. Like, oh, the elevator doesn't go to the top floor. (laughs) And it's true. But we'd be all the way behind a guy who had like, you know, low-level Alzheimer's or whatever the hell he has, some type of dementia. If the country wasn't cratering, but the country's cratering. And rather than getting out and acknowledging significant failures and trying to do something to course correct, Biden is the restaurant owner that keeps getting negative Yelp reviews. The food sucks. And Biden keeps responding with, I've got it, bigger portions. And that's what's going on here. So when Powell spoke yesterday, he was asked directly by Senator Bill Hegarty, is Ukraine the primary driver for inflation? Okay, here is his answer. It's clip 11. Would you say that the word Ukraine is the primary driver of inflation in America? No, inflation was high before, certainly before the uh, war in Ukraine broke out. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. You understand? Inflation was high before the war in Ukraine broke out. Why is that significant? Because they have been telling us for weeks and months now that it's Putin's price hike. Democrats are so full of crap. But that's all they've done. It's Putin's price hike. You know, Mr. Putin and his tanks. and Biden said this yesterday. He tried to say, and and this is the part that's killing him, because one, he's a liar, but two, he's a traditional politician. And what that means is he's always going to be more concerned about his political prosperity than your personal fortunes. Yesterday, whoever filled the teleprompter in the biggest font they could use by law so this old coot could read it, they made it a point to try and push back against the political damage being done to this man at a time when people can't fill up the gas tank. 
Okay, at a time when Americans are flocking to OnlyFans at record numbers to sell naked pictures of themselves. Okay, I mean, that's where we're at now. You're living in the golden age of naked people on the Internet for pay. Oh, yes, I've read about that in the Bible. But at a time when that's going on because people can't make ends meet, Biden is still openly admitting, hey, hey, what about me? You got to look out for me here. And here he is saying to, oh, all the Republicans criticizing me. Okay, what did you want me? Were we wrong to support Ukraine? Nobody's saying that. Here it is, clip five. So for all those Republicans in Congress criticizing me today for high gas prices in America, are you now saying we were wrong to support Ukraine? Are you saying we were wrong to stand up to Putin? Are you saying that we would rather have lower gas prices in America and Putin's iron fist in Europe? I don't believe that. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. Oh, my gosh, he's so desperate. You want to know why there, too? Because he's lying. It wasn't a binary choice. It wasn't uh, low gas prices or support Ukraine. Okay, the gas prices were up. You understand? A dollar sixty, a dollar sixty before Ukraine. You understand? You know what they're up since Ukraine? Forty cents. Understand that? Okay, this was not one or the other. So why were the gas prices up before Ukraine? Because the guy declared war on our fossil fuel industry here in America. It was not a binary choice. But he's trying to lump one in with the other, but his own Fed chair threw the challenge flag. And that place stood as called, uh, you know, Biden's call anyway, was overturned. Okay, it is not Putin's price hike. The Fed is admitting it's not Putin's price hike. But again, the fact that he's willing to get on TV and express concern with the criticisms of it. Nobody cares about you. Shut up. It's not about you. You're getting driven around. Nobody's giving you the keys to a car ever again in your life. You can't even ride a bicycle. Can you imagine giving this guy a car? But understand, when he gets out there and says, oh, what would you want me to do with Ukraine? Would you rather? First of all, Putin can't take Ukraine. He's not taking all of Europe. His iron fist is not taking Europe if he can't get through Ukraine. Do you understand? But secondly, it wasn't a one or the other decision. Thirdly, that's not a word, but if it was, I think most people at this point would rather be paying $2 a gallon than sending more missile money over to Ukraine. (laughs) Apparently the kids are tired of walking too. Uh, Don't worry, one of these days, kids. But the truth is Biden is completely and totally full of And if you don't believe me, just ask his Fed chairman. Girls send Biden to bed early because he's really old and he's senile. He makes up so much crap, the country's worried. He's lying like it's going out of style. You can't hide. For a while they made some try. I thought by now they realize 
Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Got a rare public statement from Kamala Harris, who says, with a straight face, this administration is doing everything they can to bring down gas prices. That is a lie. Well, she told it. Here it is, clip seven. Let me just tell you that uh, the president and I and our administration is absolutely committed to doing everything that we can to bring down the cost of gas at the pump. And uh, the announcement that the president made today is in furtherance of that, understanding that there are many tools and lenders that we can pull, and this is um, one of them. And so we will continue to focus on that because it's a real issue for the American people. You are lying your ass off. She is, of course, referring to the president implementing a federal gas tax holiday. Why does no one in the media cite Barack Obama's take on the federal gas tax? Here it is, clip 20. We don't know that the oil companies will actually pass on the savings. So you're saving 5% in terms of the gas tax. It's not clear what would prevent the oil companies from just jagging up prices 5%. So you end up giving them more money, and we've drained the highway trust fund. Now, this is the problem with Washington. We're facing a situation where oil prices could hit $200 a barrel. Oil companies like Shell and BP just reported record profits for the quarter, and we're arguing over a gimmick to save you half a tank of gas over the course of the entire summer so that everyone in Washington can pat themselves on the back and say that they did something. Really think about that, okay? So when Kamala and Biden tell you, oh, we're doing everything we can to lower gas prices, gas prices are not driven by the federal gas tax, they're driven by supply and demand. When you repeal the gas tax for two months, you don't address supply and demand. You don't affect the prices as they're telling you. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. If you're looking to save money on a bicycle safety course, get on down to the Joe Biden School of Cycling, where the only thing falling faster than the prices is the instructor. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. The Biden School of Cycling makes sure every tire has plenty of inflation. I want every American to know that I'm taking inflation 
uh, very seriously, and it's my top domestic priority. And we've got locations all across the country, including the state of dementia. I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fitness. The Joe Biden Bicycle Safety Course. Because with gas prices this high, every American is getting taken for a ride. We're changing people's lives. Oh! Do not all run out and sign up at once for the Joe Biden School of Cycling. Of course, it is not the biggest danger in Washington right now. The biggest danger is a pro-abortion group called Jane's Revenge promising to riot if the Supreme Court overturns Roe versus Wade, which very well could happen uh, in tomorrow's session. They're expected to issue five opinions. Of course, the landmark ruling we got today was a big win for gun owners here in New York. Uh, the court voted six to three in favor of allowing more open, uh, excuse me, more concealed carry permits here in New York. Uh, the court deciding ultimately that the current restrictions in place are far too harsh, meaning if you wanted a concealed carry here in New York, it, was, it wasn't impossible, but it was the next closest thing to impossible. You had to demonstrate uh, just cause to get the permit, and their acceptance of what would constitute just cause was, um, I got to be honest, it was, you were threading a very, very, very finite needle. And unfortunately, what happens? Guys who abide by the laws in this country wind up without concealed weapons, but criminals who could give a rat's behind walk around with guns like crazy. And that's essentially what the court decided. If you read Justice Alito's opinion, he explained that the cops don't have the ability to get every illegal firearm off the street. Knowing that's to be the case, knowing there's 400 million guns in America, you've got to give the good guys a right to self-defense. So the court's ruling uh, a win for law-abiding citizens and for people here, especially in places like New York, that don't feel safe. You can't walk around New York and feel safe. I say this all the time. You know, I had family who wanted to come here for the weekend. They decided to go someplace safer, like Kiev. Like, now we'll go to Ukraine. At least, at least all the celebrities are hanging out with Zelensky over there. It's got to be a little safer, even though they're in a war. New York's a disaster. Okay, but the bigger disaster in this moment, and I want to stay on this for a second. So we've had all of these attacks on pro-life centers, but about 23 of them. And you don't get a word, not a word in the media on the left-wing violence that happens. No, no, nobody's saying a word. Understand, if somebody goes out tomorrow and throws a Molotov cocktail in an abortion clinic, they're like, every Republican should resign. Fox News should lose its FCC license. Jimmy Fallon shouldn't be allowed on the air. We're done with this. Oh, the right-wing violence. It's everywhere. Rhetoric has consequences. But when a guy like Chuck Schumer gets out there and he's like, I'm telling you, Kavanaugh, you're going to pay. You've unleashed a whirlwind. You won't know what hit you. And then a guy shows up to Kavanaugh's house with a gun and a knife and zip ties. You'd get nary a word on it from the media. The media is a bunch of losers. They really are. There's a massive double standard. But you understand the point I'm always trying to make is not all the media is bad. Everybody can say that. It's lazy at this point to point it out. But what I'm trying to impress upon you is that a lot of people listen to this show that aren't conservatives, and I don't care. I don't want you to be. I want you to be my teammate. My teammate does not mean vote Republican. My teammate means root for America, root for the country harder than you root for the party, because rooting for the party has really screwed up the country. 
Okay, when there's a double standard on political violence, there's no standard. As a consequence, we are all less safe. So understand, right now, you got a pro-abortion extremist group. They're called Jane's Revenge. They've targeted a pro-life congressman's office. You remember that story, uh, Tim Wahlberg. They vandalized his office in Michigan. And you know I'm not a big Michigan guy being married into an Ohio State family. But yes, I am going to stand up for any Wolverine getting firebombed. Okay? We've also had an office building shared by a pro-life organization uh, that was also vandalized. Okay, Tim, Tim Wahlberg told Fox Digital... Uh, the strong record puts me in the crosshairs from those on the radical left, but I'll never stand down or compromise my convictions. And knowing the people at Jackson right to life, this will only strengthen their determination to protect the unborn. The sign for Jackson right to life was spray tanned with Jane's revenge. So this is the abortion group. They spray tanned it as a means of saying we're coming to you. And their actual statements on the issue are that if, in fact, Roe gets repealed, we're looking at a night of rage where they're going to go out and destroy everything. Okay, that's the plan. Last week, they claim responsibility for vandalizing Minnesota citizens' concern for life. And they're basically saying, we've got a night of rage coming. We're going to rip down Washington, D.C., burn it to the ground if we don't get our way. And understand, this is significant, not only because of the media double standard, but because there are people in the media. You know, it's one thing to not get mad at the violence when it comes from your side. Okay, because you think it's going to help your cause. Okay, yeah, that makes you a partisan hack. That makes you a disgusting human being. But when you get out there and claim with a straight face that it doesn't happen, that makes you a sociopath. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Let me give you some of these clips because they're stunning. That people, again, I say this all the time, we're living in the death of shame. People don't feel shame anymore. They don't. They're willing to say anything in front of a TV camera if they think it'll help their cause, if they think it'll give their side some type of moral superiority. So here's Jeffrey Tubin. Speaking of the death of shame, by the way, this is a guy who got caught spanking the monkey on a Zoom video and is still employed by CNN. CNN is the worst. Really, think about that. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Tubin was in a company meeting and was caught shaking hands with the governor, if you will. On camera by his colleagues. And the dude was allowed to keep his job. What the hell is the world coming to? I mean, really think about that. But here is Tubin saying so much of this violence, it comes from the right wing. Yo, the right wing, and I want to be very clear, was wrong to storm the Capitol. Even if they had a lot of feds helping them, which... Let's be honest. They did. Has anybody seen Ray Epps? Anybody following that story? But but getting past that, they were still wrong. They shouldn't have stormed the Capitol. I don't condone it. I was on the air. I said it was garbage. Okay, but when you tell me the violence only comes from the right, you're conveniently omitting, oh, I don't know, a Bernie Sanders campaign worker who shot up a congressional baseball practice, nearly killed my man Steve Scalise. Oh, I don't know. $2 billion in property damage during the George Floyd riots that claimed the lives of 42 people. Are we really, with a straight face, going to look at the record level of cop killings in the last two years by people motivated to avenge what they've been told by Democratic lawmakers are a racist killing cabal of a police force? Oh, really? That's where the violence comes from? Last I checked, it wasn't a right-wing guy who was arrested outside Brett Kavanaugh's house after calling the cops and saying, I'm here to kill him. And don't get me wrong. There are right-wing people out there. The issue here is that we're only focusing on the small amount that constitute right-wing extremists and giving all of the Democrats a free pass. 
And that's why the country's such a wreck. It's like the Democrats are trying to sell you January 6th. Oh, so important. They attacked the Capitol. We've never seen anything like this before. The reason nobody's watching, we'll get to it in a little bit, is because objective people, not hardcore partisans, not Trump loyalists, objective people don't buy the premise that we've never seen anything like this before in Washington. Why can I say that? Because in the summer of 2020, they almost burnt the whole city to the ground. They attacked the White House with such force, the president was forced into a bunker by the Secret Service and derisively referred to by Democrats as Bunker Boy. These same Democrats then turned around when the Capitol happened and was like, we've never seen an attack in Washington. Oh, sure we have, you idiots. See, the problem with anger, anger is stupid. All emotions, in theory, are stupid if you're acting on them because when you're emotional, it denies you the self-awareness that would otherwise tell you you're an idiot. It denies you the self-awareness that otherwise might poke you and say, hey, maybe we should know the facts about this abortion debate before we start vowing to burn down cities. But that's not who these people are. They're not looking for facts. They're looking for self-righteousness. But here's Jeffrey Tubin telling you there's only violence on the right. It's clip 31. It, it was true in Arizona as well. You know, Speaker Bauer's family w- was harassed. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it's worth pausing to recognize, you know, the pervasiveness of right-wing violence that we have seen in this country. And, you know, January 6th was not just the hundreds of people trying to get into the Capitol. It was the harassment in Arizona, in North Carolina. Earlier, it was the attempt to kidnap the governor of Michigan. Before Mm -hmm. that, it was the mass shootings in Pittsburgh, in El Paso, and lately in Buffalo. I mean, there is a lot of right-wing terrorism in this country, and it is all connected. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Oh, it's all connected. Now it's an organized plot. The only organized plot we have is the one he referred to in Michigan. The plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer was found to have included 11 federal agents. 11 federal agents were involved on the planning of that kidnapping, of coercing people into kidnapping Gretchen Whitmer. And now let's be very honest, okay? I'm not in favor of kidnapping anybody. Certainly not Gretchen Whitmer. Oh, good God. You imagine having to put up with her yammering on about people who menstruate? Girl, please stop talking right now. She's the jackass. I talked about it with Harris Faulkner yesterday who filed a lawsuit on behalf of people who menstruate. Uh, Yeah, there's a word for people who menstruate. They're called women. Bingo. But again, when you're dealing from a place of emotion, it denies you the sense of self-awareness that should otherwise tell you you sound like a nutbag to everybody else, okay? When it comes to this violence, yes, it's happening in wild numbers on the left. Summer of 2020, probably the most glaring example, 13 cities burnt, okay? Dozens of police stations attacked. Don't forget, we're talking about, you know, treason and overthrowing governments. In the city of Seattle, they established an autonomous country, In the summer of 2020, and the Democrats were okay with this. No, no, they've just seceded. They started their own country in Seattle. No big deal. But if a couple maniacs in Chewbacca bikinis run up the steps to the Capitol, no, that's a bridge too far. I mean, it's all stupid. I condemn all of it, just to be clear. If you're just tuning in, this isn't like some Fox guy. Oh, he's just looking out for the right. I'm looking out for America. Okay, we're on the verge of major violence in Washington when Roe versus Wade gets repealed. And a lot of that major violence is based on lies. It's based on stupidity. Okay, a good example I would give you is the biggest lie being told is that, oh, they're eliminating a woman's right to choose. If Roe versus Wade goes down, women won't have a choice anymore. 
listen, this ain't going to sit well with the pro-life crowd, but you need to know this. Abortion's not going away. If they strike down Roe, which was a federal, which was a federal law, it goes back to each individual state, at which point each individual state will vote on abortion, at which point most blue states are going to keep on having abortion. Okay, so when you say they're taking away a woman's right to choose, not true. Yes, there's going to be a couple of red states that ban abortion. You know what that means? They're going to have to drive. You're going to have to pay two tolls to go get an abortion. Listen, you're getting away with murder. The least you can do is throw us a toll for crossing the bridge. Seriously. Is that all? The nerve of us making you pay a toll and a couple gallons of gas just to kill a baby and get away with it. Man, who are these monsters making you jump through those hoops? Okay, but that's reality. Okay, they're not taking away your right to choose. What could ultimately happen in most states, and this is, again, something the liars stoking all of this rage are in factoring into the equation, is that 85% of Americans support limits on abortion, strict limits, 15 weeks or less. They do not want babies being aborted when they can live outside the mother. Right now, the laws of the land allow for infanticide. You're killing babies that can live outside the mother. Okay, that's a thing right now. That's not right. No, and most people feel that way. Shouldn't be a thing. This this whole idea that abortion on demand anytime and the taxpayers got to pay for it, no chance. That's why they don't want Roe getting struck down. Because if Roe gets struck down, we then vote on the facts of abortion. We then vote on the reality of term limits to abortion. Okay, we then vote on the people having a say in what is and isn't allowable as it pertains to abortion in their state. All the Democrats who are trying to tell you, oh, we're protecting democracy. You're taking away our voice. No, 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 no. You just like the way it's presently constituted, so you don't want to give everybody else a voice in the discussion. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. But you understand the lie being told. Women are under attack. Whoa, 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 whoa. Women aren't under attack. You know who's under attack? Are you ready for this? Babies. That's true. That is true. When two million babies are getting killed a year, women aren't the victim here. They're not the victim. You're not the victim. Oh, sorry. You got to go to work. You know, you got a baby. It's going to hold back your career. Uh, It's not ideal. I understand this can be inconvenience. I am not trashing women. I want you to understand that. But we can't continue to have this conversation that involves the killing of so many innocent babies and pretend that there's a victim here other than them. Okay, but that's exactly what we're doing in this moment. And that's why we're on the precipice of such violence. Okay, people in the media want you to believe violence is a right wing thing. Violence is an every wing thing. Just so we're clear, most of it, if we were being honest, is really coming from the left. Okay, but if we were being super honest, we wouldn't really have the issue that we have because anger is stupid. Violence is stupid. And the people perpetuating it are motivated by stupid lies being told by stupid people in the Democratic Party. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. The show that leaves you without hope or change. I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon here in New York City. I went to the pump fill up the Bronco. You know, we said this trip up to Vermont and back. Do you want to know the price of gas in New York City? Here it is. I'll give it to you. Ah! Ah, no, 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 no,
That's the actual price. There's just people yelling at the gas. They pull up to the gas pump now. I'm like, is someone getting mugged? What's going on? It's just people screaming at the prices. I don't know that it's any better out in Newton Falls, Ohio. T is on the line. Yo, T. T. Bag of donuts. How you doing, man? <laughs> You're um, my favorite professional idiot. <laughs> I listen to you every day at work. Oh, my goodness gracious. That's high praise. Professional idiot is probably the best way I would describe myself. I'm not kidding. I well, will take that and run with it. Bizarre. You're like a court gesture, but you're not going to lose. Well, you might not lose your head at the end of a performance. <laughs> you don't know. I live in New York. Things are dicey. Uh, Jenny, yeah, and Lincoln are gonna be, Jenny and Lincoln are going to be in Ohio this weekend hanging out with her family. So, uh, oh, nice. Yeah, if you're looking for a drinking buddy, text the link man. He's always around. He just graduated eighth grade, so he's in a celebratory mood. Um, will the, <laughs> the point is, will you have any money to get my 13 year old drunk? What are the gas prices in Newton Falls? Well, like 479, which is low, mm. it was up over five bucks, and that's the cheapest station. Most, most of them are over five bucks. Now, that's regular, though. That's not even 93. No, and I use 93. Wow, that's outrageous. Yeah, I can't even toy with the idea of burning my house down over <laughs> fixing it. You know, it's like it's 30-some years old, and it's like, yes, I don't have that choice anymore. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I was saying that on Godfell last week. Don't bail me out anyhow. She said she won't. <laughs> you know, listen, man, I, I'm, I'm in the same spot with Jenny Fallon. Like, what I made the mistake of doing is I got too much life insurance because I always catch her reading the policy, which means, you know, she's planning an – accidental death, if you will. So avenge me. If I go missing and you see Jenny driving around in a Lamborghini, can you blow the whistle for me? Oh, yeah, I got three brothers. We'll come We'll come looking. <laughs> T, you did a good thing, brother. Thanks for the call. Uh, we're up against a hard out. But the great T in Newton Falls, Ohio. Emily Campagno coming up in the next hour to analyze these Supreme Court rulings right here on the big bad one and only Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And we are fired up. We got a big hour coming up of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Emily Campagno, my on-again, off-again drinking buddy, co-host of Outnumbered Fox News Legal Mastermind, is going to stop by in this hour to discuss the SCOTUS rulings. We got a big one today on gun rights court ruling in favor of gun owners and concealed carry in states like New York. Uh, But we are anticipating, of course, the big ruling on Roe v. Wade, which could come down as early as tomorrow. Emily will take us inside those implications. Uh, Of course, she's not the only legal analyst. Welcome on the show. If you want to, you know, give us your own take on things, uh, 888-788-9910. Whatever you got, no judgments here. I'm a hot mess. You can call up with, you know, top-level analysis like Emily gives us or like Facebook-level legal. My sister's cousin's dog walker once met Ralph Macchio on a cruise, and he said his lawyer told them that if they re- overturn Roe, like, you can give me anything you want. It's a fun show. We don't care. Listen, man, the country's on fire, and the only way we're going to hold it together is if some of us remain calm and be forced multipliers of positive energy and, you know, Restraint, perspective, you know, adults in the room. When Biden won the presidency, we were told by the media that the adults were back in the room. Do you remember that? They're like, oh, the adults are in the room. Things are going to be fine. Not even close. (laughs) I play this montage a lot because you've got to think about it and juxtapose it against what's going on. We've got a 40-year high in inflation, 40 years. 
Okay, people can't afford goods. Like if you're living on a fixed income, you're getting annihilated. And I'm laughing at times about this because it's a coping mechanism. Sometimes when you laugh at your problems, it takes the torment away for a few seconds. Gas is out of control, man. We've got a baby formula shortage, and everyone's dying from fentanyl. These aren't overdoses. These are poisonings. If you are a parent, as your radio buddy, as a friend, as a concerned human being, talk to your kids about drugs. You have to do this. Okay, what we're doing wrong in media is we keep calling these overdose deaths. They're not overdose deaths. They're poisonings. An overdose is when you do more drugs than you should and it kills you. A poisoning is when you do a amount of drugs that shouldn't kill you, but you die anyway. Okay, that's what we have going on right now. It's pills. Kids go take pills. I'll take a Percocet. Dead. I'll take an Adderall. Dead. This fentanyl's coming across our border. Okay, it's produced in China. It's sent here. It makes its way across the border with the help of the cartels, and it's killing Americans. They want to kill Americans. People always go, Jimmy, I don't understand. If the cartels kill Americans, don't they want to be able to sell them drugs? Yes, it's not the cartels. It's China. China wants us dead. I agree with that. Okay, it's China. We now know the head of the World Health Organization today admitted that he believes that COVID originated in a Chinese lab. Think about that. Why is that significant? It's significant because we were told, oh, you shut your mouth. You know, oh, you don't say Chinese lab. What are you, crazy? Come on, that's going to lead to a spike in hate crimes. You can't say, you can't tell the truth. What are we talking about here? But understand, China produced COVID in a lab, okay? It is a bioweapon. Now, we're supposed to believe that it leaked out by accident. That's the story being told to us by the same people who were telling us China didn't produce the virus in the first place. So they were lying. They were wrong about the first part, but they're deadly right about the second part. That's what they want you to believe in this moment. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Okay, so understand fentanyl, fentanyl, fentanyl. It's killing kids. It's 77 percent of the deaths for boys, for teenagers. Okay, between the ages of 17 and 45, they're dying. They're getting poisoned. And people aren't addressing this because we keep saying overdose. The connotation of overdose is junkie. Well, he had it coming. So you say to yourself, well, my kid's not a junkie. I'm not worried about him overdosing. Dude, your kid could be trying drugs for the first time and die. Honestly, I tell you this parent to parent, man, friend to friend. I I have this talk with Lincoln a lot. Um, You know, Lincoln just graduated eighth grade last night. We're going to, you know, have him on the show tomorrow. Uh, I am all over this kid. It's not the era we grew up in where you can do drugs and you're going to live. Okay, it doesn't work that way anymore. There's fentanyl in everything. People are dying. If you're a parent, do yourself a favor. Talk to your kid. Okay, it's a mess. But understand all of these messes are having significant, substantial impacts on people's lives. And it's the reason nobody's watching this stupid January 6th crap. I bring it up. So we're going to get into this with Emily in a little bit. Yesterday, Betsy Woodruff, Betsy Woodruff Swan, to be technical, she's married to Jonathan Swan from Axios. You know, the British reporter who's in all those Trump memes when he was interviewing for Axios on HBO and he was making those weird faces in reaction to Trump. Uh, Well, anyway, Betsy Woodruff, she's a political correspondent, uh, said the quiet part out loud. She was talking to Chuck Todd and she said that Democrats in Congress that she's spoken to off the record have flat out said nobody gives a crap about January 6th. I admire your honesty. And they don't. And this is the problem the Democrats keep running into. 
People are dying left and right from fentanyl. They can't afford gas. Inflation is through the roof. The Democrats are really desperately trying to make your vote hinge on a bunch of idiots storming the Capitol. When you can't pay for gas, you can't pay for goods, there's no baby formula, and people are dying, getting poisoned, you don't really care about January 6th. The Democrats, I tell you this all the time, the Democrats and the media are the same class of people. They live in this insular bubble. I was just at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. I told you I went there as like a Marco Polo. I traveled to the other end of the earth, absorbed their culture, and came back and shared my findings on this show. It's so far beyond what the, you know, the prevailing criticism is. The prevailing criticism is like, oh, they live in a bubble. They don't even communicate with other people. No, no, no. They don't care what other people have to say. From spending a weekend down there, going to all the parties, meeting Don Lemon, that happened, had a drink with Jen Psaki. Psaki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. But the point is, it's not that, you know, they don't connect with regular people. They don't know regular people. Their perception is that regular people don't know any better. They're smarter. They know what you want. They know what you need. They know you better than you know yourself. So they're just going to prioritize what they prioritize, and you'll eventually fall into step because you have the same opinion of their brilliance that they have of their brilliance. That is a fact-check false. Okay? They're idiots. That's what most of the Beltway elite people are. That's what most blue, big blue cities are. It's, it's, it's white liberal idiots who think they know better than you, who think they're smarter than you. Let me give you Betsy Woodruff, though, because she's honest. To her credit, she tells, she tells Chuck Todd nobody cares about January 6th. Here it is, clip 29. I've talked to two separate Democratic members of Congress in the last couple of weeks about January 6th. Obviously can't say who. And, and both of them have said offhandedly, nobody gives a bleep about January 6th when they're talking about their districts and the way that elections play out. <laughs> it's so funny because Chuck Todd, if you watch his face, she's like, yeah, nobody cares about January 6th. I've talked to Democrats off the record. Nobody cares. And Chuck Todd's face is like, because believe me, he wants people to care. And believe me, OK, he wants guests who say people care, even if they don't. Because they're trying so hard to sell this thing. Here's the rest of the clip, clip 30. It's not a top-tier voting issue for people who are figuring out who they're going to support during the midterms. Top-tier issues are material concerns. How are people paying their mortgages? How much does it cost to get milk and bread? How much does it cost to get gas? Do these hearings result in different electoral outcomes for Democrats? I have yet to see any actual evidence that they do. I mean, think about that. She has yet to see any evidence that these hearings are going to impact the way people vote. And here's a newsflash. They're not going to impact the way people vote. Nobody has time to sit around and watch the current party in power that holds all three branches, okay, that holds both houses of Congress, that has run the country into the ground. Nobody cares to watch them vilify the guy who's not in charge anymore. Correct the mundo. Understand, that's what the January 6th committee is. Okay, we were told, oh, well, we have to have this committee because we're going to show criminal evidence that Donald Trump provoked this whole thing. He organized the whole thing. They stormed the Capitol because of him. Okay, and here we are going on day five. Have they even focused 
on Donald Trump organizing this? The answer would be no. No, they're just yelling and screaming that Donald Trump was wrong to say the election was stolen. You can't say the election was stolen. If you say the election was stolen, you should die in prison, you know, unless, of course, you're one of these people. As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. Do you agree that Donald Trump is, in effect, not a legitimate president? I think that there's no question that the process that elected him was not legitimate. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. I think the interference, although not yet quantified, uh, if fully investigated, would show that Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. (laughs) (laughs) Trump knows he's an illegitimate president who got illegitimate foreign help. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. Judge Jeanine's the best. By the way, her and I are co-hosting the 4th of July special on the 5 on the Fox News channel. You can go see me and Judge Janine. We're going to be on the 5 together along with Jesse Waters, Dana Perino, Jessica Tarloff. And Judge Janine and I are going out to Coney Island to ride the cyclone together as part of the show. It's going to be madness. But her point she's making about Hillary is true. Hillary right now is screaming and yelling that the media is not doing enough to fight Trump's claims about the election. Yo, homegirl, you spent three years telling us the last election was stolen and your campaign started the Russian collusion narrative. It was her own campaign that made up a story out of thin air. As a counter-narrative to her email scandal, she made up a story that Trump was colluding with Russia. That's just how white folks will do you. But you understand the bigger issue is no one can take the Democrats serious when they yell about Trump saying an election was stolen because they just told us it was stolen for three years after 2016. But bigger than that is the fact that nobody even cares what Trump did on January 26th. Nobody cares what his supporters did on January 6th because everybody who stormed the Capitol is already in jail. It's not like they're out there at large getting ready to restorm it. Most of them have had all of their civil liberties trampled and they're in jail nearly a year after a year and a half after it happened. Despite there being no precedent for doing so under the law, Trump supporters are having their civil rights completely trampled. And the civil liberties unions don't care. Why? Because they're Republicans. Civil liberties should be, you know, it's Democrat civil liberties. We know this. But when you hear somebody like Betsy Woodruff flat out admitting nobody's watching January 6th, that's why they're not watching January 6th. Even when somebody like Miles Taylor, that's zero. I played you his clips yesterday. He was anonymous. Do you remember when Trump was in power and the New York Times published an op-ed from Anonymous? Dun, dun, da. And we were told Anonymous is such a high-ranking Trump official, someone with such a high access to President Trump himself, this might even be a family member. Wrong. Yo, Miles Taylor was the third-string landscaper at the White House. He was like a 21-year-old intern. And the New York Times, knowing who he was, ran this op-ed under the guise that this was some type of serious, high-ranking, Trump-linked insanity, and someone was just finally speaking up about it. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. But here is Miles Taylor trying to get people to watch by saying this is Hitler stuff, clip 32. We've seen this before in democratic societies, political intimidation leading to political violence, God forbid, leading to political assassinations. You know where we've seen it? We've seen it in the Weimar Republic. 
in Germany before yeah. the rise of Hitler. It's not hyperbole to draw those comparisons because we saw very similar behavior happening that was founded on, guess what, on a big lie, on a big political lie that led to that type of violence. I worry especially about the Republicans retaking the House and the Senate in the fall and potentially the return of Donald Trump because he is going to be on a vindictiveness tour, on a revenge tour against his political opponents. We have seen it before in history. We need to be guarded against it now. That was embarrassing. I mean, really. We've got to be guarded against it. <laughs> Basically, yeah, all right, so you can't pay for gas. You can't pay for goods. Everybody's overdosing. But more importantly, don't let the Republicans get back into power. You know, the ones who were in charge when gas was $2 a gallon lower, inflation was nine pounds low, nine points lower. We didn't have the fentanyl overdose deaths at the record we do now. The border was secure. Heaven forbid they get back in charge, Miles Taylor. Oh, good God. We could never have that happen. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you because I care. We're living in the death of shame. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The critics have spoken. It's a mess. It's a mess. This is Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Viewable to you uh, tonight on the television. I'll be on Kennedy on the Fox Business Network at 7 o'clock. And then at 8 o'clock, wow, squaring off against Dana Perino on Tucker Carlson's final exam. We were just looking over the tail of the tape, figuring out who to bet on uh, in Vegas. This could be a problem. I have to be about a 500 to 1 underdog in Vegas to outsmart Dana Perino. It is not looking good, but that's why they play the game. That's me, Tucker, and Dana tonight at 8. Give it a go. I'm excited. I'm pumped up for that one. I might have to wear a loud jacket to bamboozler. Do you remember in wrestling, Mr. Fuji? He used to have the Mr. Fuji dust. He'd blow it in the opponent's eyes when the ref wasn't looking. I might need to pull out some Mr. Fuji dust to get through this. But we'll see. Uh, Tune in at 8. We'll let you know. Right now, you're tuned in on the radio. We're having some you and me time. Let's go to the phones. Tom up in Colchester, Vermont. Yo, Tom. Hey, Jimmy. Thanks for uh, taking my call. Had a great time meeting you last Friday down at the Spank Puppy. Uh-huh. How did your How did your pictures come out? Oh, they came out great. I oh, really appreciate it. And uh, next time you come up, I'll let you sit on the real Harley. Oh, is it the wrong bike? Is that true? Oh, definitely true. Oh, Tom, that's funny as, that's funny as hell. Because I was getting ready to leave, and I didn't have time to go run in the back and talk to you. Uh, and I wanted to talk to you, so I told him just take a picture of me on his bike and show it to him later. And I, you're telling me, I, so that means somebody else wants to kick my ass right now for sitting on their bike. Uh, I I would doubt that. Okay. Uh, I would, anybody <laughs> would be uh, happy to let you sit on their Harley. Oh, Tom, you're all right, man. Um, let me ask you this: We just had this crazy gun ruling, uh, which I consider to be a good thing here in New York. I mean, when you look at the crime rates in New York. The only person who should be against people having the right to defend themselves are criminals, in theory. You know, I can't imagine why government officials are against this other than, you know, the fact that they love, love, love taking away rights. But what is the deal in Vermont? If I was in Colchester, Vermont, um, do I need a permit for concealed carry or what do I don't need a permit for? Well, as long as you're a Vermont resident Mm -hmm. and you're not a felon, Mm -hmm. um, you're allowed to uh, carry, uh, conceal carry or open carry. Wow. And my question is, with this new Supreme Court ruling, um, does that 
allow me to carry across state lines into New York? I doubt there's reciprocity because everything here is so strict. I mean, even for us, concealed carry up until now um, was essentially restricted to the home for all intents and purposes, which is absurd. It's basically saying the Constitution only applies in your house. Once you leave, it doesn't matter. So it'll be interesting to see what happens because there is right now uh, pushback coming from the governor already. You know, she's trying to say, oh, we'll implement more laws. But the New York state government has been clobbered by the Supreme Court of late. So, you know, I wouldn't bet on anything they implement holding up in court. Uh, But, Tom, uh, you raise good questions that I'm going to get answers to from Emily Campagna when we come back. So you were kind of Emily's opening act. Put it on your resume. Next time I'll sit on the right motorcycle. Thanks for the call, brother. We're back with the human happy hour. Emily Campagna after this on Fox Across America. It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. That is a true story. Uh, If you're listening on KRMS News Talk, 1150 AM, 97.5 FM, 103.3 FM, uh, August 19th, I will be out there uh, at the Encore Grill doing stand-up. You can get tickets at Ticketmaster.com or TheEncoreGrill.com. Come hang out with your radio buddy. Uh, Stand-up comedy isn't your thing. You're a moviegoer. Uh, if you happen to be watching Top Gun Maverick and you heard some woman catcalling Tom Cruise uh, in the theater, uh, she is here now, uh, I believe, to apologize for ruining your experience. Uh, but not apologizing for anything. Let's get that straight right now. <laughs> the co-host of Outnumbered, the Human Happy Hour, Emily Campagna, back on the show. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. If there is one thing all my exes have in common, it's that they say I refuse to apologize. Ever. And I'm not starting now. No, never. Not for catcalling Tom Cruise. No. Not for catcalling the memory of Iceman that was. Not for any of that. No. By that, it's not a spoiler alert, everyone. It's he that existed in 1986. It's that body. It's that persona. (laughs) That's all. Well, you know what's really one of my favorite things about Top Gun Maverick? I have two. Okay. One is uh, Tim Scott was on yesterday. He saw it twice. He loved it so much. I saw it twice. Took him back. Oh, you did? Okay. Well, it doesn't surprise me. But all of the makeup people here have been, when I bring up Top Gun, have told me that they're, they spent the whole movie trying to figure out if Tom Cruise got work done because he looks so good. And people are telling me they can't find any incisions or anything, and they don't think he did. Is of, he just? Is of he, course he got work done. We knew this back in Vanilla Sky. Oh, you think so? Don't okay. ask such a rhetorical question when we all know the answer. Of course. Okay, well, you got to go. Like 90. Well, there's a couple of gay men on the second floor that you need to go talk to because every time I get in the chair, they're like, oh, honey, I couldn't <laughs> find it. I'm like, I, I, I would think he got work done. But either way, he looked great, and it was a great movie. Yeah, I'm not begrudging him getting his work done. No. I just think when you are at that level, mm-hmm. similar to the Kardashians, the point is that money not just buys you work, but buys you excellent work. That's a good point. It buys you the effortless-looking work. Thank you. It's not that, you know, when, when you're on the subway and they have, like, discount laser eye surgery, but the doctor's cross-eyed. Exactly. You're like, yeah, I don't know if I want this. Those of us that go to our friends are like, hey, I'm trying to build up my hours so I can be a professional tattoo artist. And I'm like, you can totally microblade my brows. <laughs> Cut to you right now. So, yes, exactly. It's not that situation. Oh, it's so true. Emily Campagno's in the house, the human happy hour. One other big news update beyond you getting dragged out of a theater for cat calling Tom Cruise. Uh, I do hey, believe Chris. your car is on the East Coast now. Yo, it comes tomorrow morning. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's a big deal. Yeah. 
You can call shotgun. Emily has a 71 Ford Pinto. It has. It's I'm a 72 kidding. Ford Mach 1. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> Jimmy doesn't know. I'm kidding. I know. It's badass. I'm excited. I am riding shotgun. Yeah, it, you are. That's going to be rad, and you get it tomorrow. Are you the kind? Do you do you have to be within sight of the vehicle to call shotgun? Are you one of those kinds? Or can you nope. call it in advance? No, you just call it. First of all, everyone wants me riding shotgun anyway, because I'm the coolest person to sit there. And I'm going to play good music. This is the thing people don't know. And we was, I was talking about this with somebody the other day. If you're going to DJ in the car, you have to play music everybody knows. Nobody wants to get in the car with you and discover music. They want to <laughs> sing along. They want to rock totally. out. They want to be into it. Totally. Somebody gets to like, I, I'm not telling, this is a true story. There was a comic I let open for me on a gig that I have never booked again. And he was world, he was a funny comic. But in the car, he ruined it for himself. So we got in the car. It's a six-hour drive. He's like, yeah, you got to check out this Keith Richards solo album. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Just, oh, he's like, no, nah, I'm telling you, I don't know, but you got it. And I was just like, get him out of here. Just gone. That's get right. Him out. That's like, right. I would be like, dude, you're lucky I'm letting you do the gig. Like, I don't want to hear anybody's, I don't want to hear anything new. There's no penance that will suffice for playing a new song yeah. around us. Do yeah, it on your you. own time. Let me discover <laughs> it on my own. Everyone discovers and explores on their own, right? Thank That's what you. the closed doors for. Thank you. Otherwise, in front of me, I agree with you. Uh, we have sort of an exciting music weekend here in the whatever you call this we have Def Leppard tomorrow area. night yep, yep, we yep. have Tears for Fears on yep. Saturday uh-huh. it's, it's a good weekend to be a New Yorker it is a great weekend if you're a New Yorker looking to watch bands 30 years past their prime <laughs> oh man this is their soup is there anything better <laughs> Def Leppard now singing pour some Splenda whatever I was crushed when Eurasia that was supposed to perform at Radio City got pushed out because of COVID remember that you oh, and me were going to go in January with Kennedy yes that one song of theirs is I was, so good I was looking forward to being the only straight man at the Erasure concert. They had to have one. It was like they had asked me. They're like, if we could just get one in here. Yeah, and that's me. <laughs> Emily Campagno's in the house. Uh, New York, I get to ask one legal question. Um, so we get the Supreme Court ruling, which basically will allow for concealed carry to be a little bit easier in New York. Up until now, like you almost couldn't. You had to demonstrate like yeah. just cause. A lot of hoops to jump through. I guess the takeaway is it'll be a little easier to legally conceal carry. Is that basically the overarching thing? Yes. I think the practical takeaway is that it will be much easier to carry your concealed weapon, your legal mm-hmm. concealed weapon here in New York. The larger takeaway is that the Supreme Court has confirmed and affirmed, for those of us that already knew it, that the Second Amendment right is an acknowledgement of a pre-existing right mm-hmm. and that it is a limitation on the government to dilute that right. Mm-hmm. And that up until now, a lot of the governments, the democratic state governments and local governments that we've been dealing with have been trying to dilute that right. They come in and say, no, 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 the larger right is that of the government to restrict your gun ownership. And here's the Supreme Court coming in and saying, number one, the Second Amendment right to bear arms, it is not a lesser than right. Mm-hmm. It is exactly the same right as all of our other enumerated rights in the Constitution and those enumerated in the Bill of Rights unwanted search and seizure. I mean, everything, right? So they're saying, you know, it's been sort of treated like a second-class right this whole time Mm -hmm. from government. So that, no more. And secondly, what I just said about the acknowledgement of the existing right and that it's a limitation on the government's right to dilute it. So when you hear, I think, sort of vague phrases like, oh, it expands gun rights, that's not right. So I just caution listeners on sort of falling into that trap because the specificity of this is is actually about confirming the right you already had. This didn't expand any gun rights. What it did was limit and push back the government to exactly where it should be, which is in a limited hands-tied position in the corner. Wow, I'm right with you. That's Emily Campagno, the human happy hour. Uh, telling the truth. 
I, I I agree with you, and you know, you and I don't like to make a public spectacle of agreement <laughs> on on anything. This is the we've had two agreements here. We agreed first on DJing in the car. Now, gun is a very substantive day for us because so, normally it doesn't end that way. I, I basically I'm throwing meatballs. At yeah, you. I, I, I had, slapping me with the sandwich. Yes, I hang out with you because like being your friend for me is like I, I like being the visiting team in sports. You know, like you show up in Yankee <laughs> Stadium, you're going to get cursed out by the fans. They're going to dump a beer on you. That's kind of why I hang out with you because like even at my house, I get to feel like the visiting team. I walk into my backyard and you're like, boo! I'm like, yo, I'm paying for this. What do you mean, boo? But- I like hanging around you because you keep me so humble. Like, I'm always at my fattest, ugliest, meanest around you because that's what you call me all day long. So it's good. It's, <laughs> it's good to know exactly where I stand in the universe. But is it name calling if I'm just being honest? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Em. Uh, it's crazy, though, because I think, you know, we talked a little bit about this on Outnumbered the other day. Okay, the headline, the headline, uh, SCOTUS ruling is going to be, if it comes down tomorrow or next week, is going to be Roe v. Wade. And my greatest frustration is that no one's having an honest conversation about this. What I mean by that is this, you know, going back to the whole, well, if they, you know, overturn Roe versus Wade, it's the death of democracy. That's not true because we're going to vote on a state by state basis. And technically speaking, uh, the blue states are going to have abortion. What this ruling is basically going to constitute is whether it's the state's right to decide or not. Is that what we're looking at? Correct. <clears throat> this re- this would restore the authority of legislation to the people, mm-hmm. which is exactly where it should ride because, mm-hmm. reside. Because remember, legislators are legislators on your behalf, on our behalf, right? Mm-hmm. And at that state level, who knows more? Who passes laws that directly affect you more than your state and local legislators? This restores that authority to the states to make that really important decision based on the people, the will of the people. And the whole point that the Supreme Court said in that draft opinion is that with something such as this, so esoteric, to some people as abortion and the, and the question of, of medicine and religion and all of that that plays into it, they say this is so sacred and so important. That's why it should be reserved to the people. It should not be up to nine justices to determine, oh, well, science says that mm. the fetus begins life here. Absolutely not, they mm. said in that draft opinion. And people who echoed the same was just Judge Ruth Bader Ginsburg in the past where she said Roe v. Wade really bloated the authority of the Supreme Court. It should be instead restored back to the people. So I agree with you. It's a complete perversion of democracy and of our concept of the power lying in the hands of the people to elect, to vote, and to have that elected official represent you and your opinion, your firm belief. That's where this is restored to. So everyone who's, you know, freaking out and um, protesting illegally on justice's front yards, I wish that they would direct their attention to running for office locally, to electing people at local office, because that's where the nexus is. That's where the link is to your opinion and your how you want the laws to go. Mm -hmm. That's where you make your voice heard is in that local and and state situs. Yeah, there's so much reliance on on the feds, but it really isn't supposed to be the feds. It's a really good point. One other question I got to ask you while I have you here. Um, Will you see the Elvis movie? Yeah. You will see the Elvis. I'm excited to watch it. I mean, well, I grew up in a pretty big Elvis house, and I like it. I mean, I like fat Elvis because we kind of have the same personal trainer. <laughs> but um, I'm actually I, – because I have I have Jenny and Lincoln in Ohio this weekend, so I have a bunch of TV hits, oh. but I'm going to go see Elvis. Oh, that's awesome. Well, i got to see Elvis. I'm supposed to see Elvis with Jerry only. You know, my good buddy from yeah. the Misfits, he uh, he's sort of I'm, – I'm saving seeing Elvis for him and his daughter. <laughs> I'm going to go with them. We're going to get get dinner and go see Elvis with him and his daughter. So I'm excited about that. Definitely going to go see I – I've heard it's a great time. I've heard that the performance element yeah. is, like, amazing. 
scene. It's going to yeah. be really entertaining. So I'm excited for that. Um, Whoa. So, so let yeah. me let me ask you this, though. Um, Elvis, so let's say, I mean, I've, you've made a commitment to go see Elvis. Um, where, where does Elvis, I, I need to know this. This is a woman thing. Because when we brought up Top Gun on Outnumbered the other day, <laughs> everybody was like, it was like when, when it was like when uh, what's his name, Burt Reynolds was on the Golden Girls. <laughs> everybody was like, <laughs> We're the new Golden yeah, Girls. Everybody was so excited. Like someone mentioned Top Gun and he, everyone, like, Harris, Kaylee Morgan, like, oh my God, Tom Cruise. Uh, does Elvis stack up in your book with Tom Cruise? Elvis obviously not alive to this day, but would a 1956 Elvis, how would he measure up against Tom Cruise? I put Elvis in the lead over anybody, but I don't know how you roll. I mean, okay. There's so much here. So it's you just can't compare apples to oranges, Jimmy, because mm-hmm. Tom Cruise is alive. You can't compare apples to oranges because Elvis didn't eat either. <laughs> <laughs> he, he ate peanut butter and bananas. That's right, because he was eating carpet at the end. I mean, the, the reality is that Tom Cruise is alive, mm-hmm. and, like, we saw him in Top Gun, the original. Like, I just yeah. can't explain the, like, li- the, it's it's like live time, like real time, like, like there, real is there time a, Let me ask you this for women. I was going to say, is there a connection to, like, teenage you because you watched him as a teenager? And now you're watching them a few years later. Yeah. Look, if you're asking me if I'll be the next Katie Holmes, the answer is yes. If Tom Cruise <laughs> is listening. The answer is yes. I'm here. I raise my hand. I'm a brunette. I think I would fit in perfectly in that lifestyle. And I say yes. <laughs> wow. Um, but to answer uh, your question, mm-hmm. conceptually, you know who it equals him in my head? Actually, who I would totally resurrect and then date is James Dean. Yeah. He, James Dean, is was the hottest man of all time, I'm going to go ahead and say. Mm-hmm. So he trumps Elvis to me. Elvis is not, I don't have that same like fervor well, as I do. Uh-huh. If James Dean walked in the door right now, I would gladly that, that's you know, the guy. punch you in the throat to get to him. But I'd <laughs> gladly punch you in the throat anyway. Probably to stop you from eating the next Subway sandwich that the, just continues down your throat. You're actually, gullet every minute. Fox actually has someone on <laughs> payroll that follows me around so I don't look too fat on TV. <laughs> I'm like, oh, is this another snack? Put that cookie down now. I'm like, what do you mean? Come on, man. Oh, M. Well, Tom Cruise, if you're listening. Wait, you uh, got to answer the question, though. Is what? what would be your, what's your resurrection? Oh, of, of a woman? Yeah. I Honestly, I don't know. If Jenny I, came to her senses and left you tomorrow, which she's, and I you mean, could resurrect God someone. God knows she wants to. She'd be like, go get him out of here. Uh, I mean, it's probably just Marilyn Monroe, because Marilyn Monroe was oh, iconic to me. Totally. What do you think about Kim wearing her dress, squeezing herself into it? It's such a weird story, right? Yeah. Uh, she looked fine. The thing about Kim Kardashian is it's all fake. Like, it's all fake. I've met her in person. It's all fake. Like, and it's weird because I know Pete Davidson, too. So it's like you're talking about your friend's girlfriend. But uh, it's all like a bu- everything's fake. You know what I mean? So it doesn't have the same panache as Marilyn Monroe. And what happened to me would put Marilyn Monroe over the top is when I was in your hood, when I was in the Bay Area. I saw that poster of her where someone put tattoos all over her. Yeah, that's my homie Cheyenne Randall did that. Oh, He's the artist, true? my homie so, Cheyenne. So, so me and my buddy Dean Imperial, who you know well, were in San Francisco when the first time we saw that print. And we like we were like, wow, this is amazing. Yes. And we couldn't buy it because the gallery wasn't open at the time. And by the time it was, we were getting chased by, like, wizards because San Francisco <laughs> is, like, San Francisco's yep. a little out there right, right now. Right. Uh, but the print, I think, put, I think it put her over the top because I loved Jane Mansfield, too. Uh, I mean, probably the baddest of the bad. But I think Marilyn had the street cred because she was, had the bigger career and probably the crazier, more high-profile death. And she had the broken soul. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's Cheyenne did the Farrah Fawcett that Jenny that, installed in my house. That's, yes. it. that's the same artist, Cheyenne. You guys are getting best. a lot of inside base 
baseball here. Yeah, but yes, are. if you need a good pa- if you need a good painting hung, Jenny Fail is your gal. That's right. Call her up. All you got to give her is a couple of beers, and she comes by. I give her two tacos and two beers. Two tacos. She'll show up in a Dodge Ram. <laughs> the place will look like a million <laughs> bucks, and she loves doing it. God love you, Jenny. Don't forget to promote me to Tom Cruise if anyone meets him. Oh, Tom Cruise, if you're yeah, out there, forget. if you'd like a real highway to the danger zone, <laughs> <laughs> date Emily Campagno. Yes, yes. Oh, Tom. I don't. You talk about a Mission Impossible. He can ride in my shotgun anytime. I'm just saying. Oh, I think he would appreciate girl. the Coyote Illuminator engine. Under my hood. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking probably, about my car, everyone. Yes, he is. Everyone's going euphemism, <laughs> but there is an actual car involved. <laughs> Emily, you're the best. Go check your Tinder. I believe you have an update from Tom Cruise. <laughs> We're back after this on Fox Across America. The show that's standing up to big tech. Get those nerds! 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 You're listening to Fox Across America. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to have a grown-up talk in the next hour about the federal gas tax. It's on holiday. Joe Biden, he didn't want to be the only one who's always on holiday. So the federal gas tax is now on holiday. Daniel Turner, the uh, founder and executive director of Power the Future, is going to be joining us. I have him on a lot. He's my energy expert on this show, who's an actual energy expert. Uh, It's funny because the term expert nowadays usually means you're wrong 97% of the time. Remember all the COVID experts, all the vaccine experts? Everybody's wrong. Wrong about everything. I mean, the experts running our economy right now. Inflation. It's transitory, said the experts. It's not going to be here for long. (laughs) Wow. Inflation is... uh... Remember, rock and roll is here to stay. Inflation is here to stay, uh, for the time being anyway. And no one's more upset about that than our next caller, Dennis, listening on the legendary WVMT up in Salisbury, Vermont. Yo, Dennis. Hi, am I speaking with the person who uh, speaks directly to the superbly gorgeous and articulate Emily Capagno? <laughs> Listen, I am not passing those compliments along. We have a very heated rivalry in our friendship. Uh, so uh, when we hang out, it's basically just it's just like a friar's roast. It's just an exercise in trashing each other. But I do concede to you uh, that she is uh, she's something else, right? It is, so it is that person. I'm not worthy. I'm not <laughs> worthy. Uh, you know what? I, I even doubt my worthiness to speak to the uh, call screener of the person who speaks directly with the superb, superbly gorgeous and articulate Emily Capagno. Uh, and Jimmy, uh, let me just preface by saying that um, whatever your call screener is being paid, it's not enough. But on the <laughs> other hand, what I'm being paid is not enough either, so it all washes out. Um, now, the, the, uh, I wonder if these people in the news media um, realize the damage that they're doing to their own credibility when they regurgitate the term the big lie mm-hmm. to describe Trump's January 6th comments, because an opinion uh, based on, you know, a, a true belief cannot be a lie. A lie is an intentionally false statement, and referring to it as the big lie is an intentionally false and, dis- and deceitful and, statement. And, and the only other thing I would jump in, because we're going to go to commercial, Dennis, is you can't say big around Trump anyway, because he always says huge. Like, you'd have to call it, if it was Trumpian, you'd have to say huge, because that's his word. It would be a huge lie. That's true. That is true. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
Oh, yes, it sure is. You better believe it, girlfriend. And we are fired up. Got a big hour coming up. Daniel Turner is in the house. He's the executive director of Power the Future. Jimmy Fallon, that's me, in the house as well. Going to take a wild radio ride. Uh, Going to gas up this radio vehicle, which is not going to be pretty. It's a mess out there. Biden just announcing yesterday that, that we are sending the federal gas tax on holiday, which, according to Barack Obama, is one of the stupidest gimmicks in the history of Washington. Here's Obama talking about it. Uh, this, I believe, is clip 20. We don't know that the oil companies will actually pass on the savings. So you're saving 5% in terms of the gas tax. There, it's not clear what would prevent the oil companies from just jagging up prices 5%. So you end up giving them more money, and we've drained the highway trust fund. Now, this is the problem with Washington. We're facing a situation where oil prices could hit $200 a barrel. Oil companies like Shell and BP just reported record profits for the quarter, and we're arguing over a gimmick to save you half a tank of gas over the course of the entire summer so that everyone in Washington can pat themselves on the back and say that they did something. He knows what he's talking about. Obama's actually right when he says the gas tax is absurd. It's everything that's wrong with Washington. Why? Because it doesn't address the issue of supply and demand. Where Obama is wrong is in the same area Biden's wrong, which is in vilifying the oil companies. Don't be thick, all right? Okay, I'm going to play you a clip here, too, of Biden going after gas stations. Oh, gas stations need to bring the prices down. He wants to vilify somebody else for his own mismanagement. Here's a newsflash for you. The gas station that's selling you gas right now at, say, 5, I believe I paid 549 to fill up the Bronco this morning. What the hell did you just say? It's outrageous by us on Long Island. Okay, but the gas station is making two to three cent profit per gallon. Two to three cents. So when you go after the local gas station owner who's making more money selling you scratch-offs and beef jerky than he is actual gas, Again, you're doing nothing to address the issue of supply and demand. But here is Biden yelling at gas stations, looking for a villain so you're not mad at him. It's clip two. When the cost of oil does come down, we need the price at the gas stations that they they charge at the pump to come down as well. For example, in the last two weeks, the price of oil has fallen by more than $10 a barrel. Normally, this reduced the cost of the pump about 25 cents a gallon. Yet, so far, gas stations have only reduced prices by a few cents a gallon. Shut up! Will you shut up? Here's the deal there. Okay, just so you understand. They're making two to three cents a gallon when they reduce the prices, okay, and reduce the profits. It becomes harder for them to run. Nobody opens a business, Joe Biden to make less money. Nobody opens a business to give away the minimal profit that they can accumulate in this, you know, regulatory burden of a a world we live in now. Okay, but understand, what is he really asking gas stations to do? He's asking gas stations to suck it up and bear the brunt of the mistake he made. Okay, these gas prices are only what they are because this guy declared war on the fossil fuel industry. Okay, Wall Street stopped throwing money at production. Federal subsidies were ended. 
Okay, out in Alaska, you saw the ruling a month ago where he's like, nope, nope, can't drill here. Forget it. That's stupid. Use your common sense. All because he wants to placate the far left wing of the party. He caused this problem. And when you hear jackasses like Joe Biden or your energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, saying, oh, well, you know, this is an opportunity to switch to green energy because, you know, gas is so expensive and. We're going to keep having expensive gas if we don't switch to green energy. Yo, they're arsonists. Gas is expensive because they set that fire. Gas is only expensive because they cut production. No one talks to you about the fact that gas was $2 cheaper before he got in and declared war on the fossil fuel industry. So you understand, they're the arsonists. They set the fire, and now they want the credit for putting it out. And they want you, as a gas station owner, to basically subsidize their effort. That's what we're doing. Here's Biden again saying the companies running gas stations. Uh, this is a time of war. Listen to this. Clip three. To the companies running gas stations and setting those prices at the pump, this is a time of war, global peril, Ukraine. These are not normal times. Bring down the price you are charging at the pump to reflect the cost you are paying for the product. Do it now. Do it today. That was absolutely dreadful. So that's the message. Hey, gas companies, you need to make less money running your little gas station because I up. Okay, I mean, that's essentially the message here. He he effed up. So the gas stations, you should make less money. Yo, they're making two to three cents a gallon. Do you understand? They're not the ones getting rich. Okay, people who own gas stations in my hometown that I grew up in, it's usually a family. And you know everybody who works the pump, whether it's somebody who lives locally and works there or it's, you know, three members of the family covering the shifts. Every one of you listening in your hometown grew up knowing the people who worked in the service station. OK, if you go there regularly and none of them are so rich that, you know, they get home at night and they're just punting lobsters off the balcony just for funskies. You know, these aren't people that are printing money, but Biden's trying to vilify them as such because the Democratic M.O. is always, always to get you mad at somebody else so you forgive them for all the garbage they're doing. I admire your honesty. That's what it is. Okay. Hey, these guys are racist, so vote for us. You know, they don't care about the black community, so vote for the people who defunded the police and got all the black people killed. Do you get that's what they do? Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. But that's also why they call them like profiteers and they're greedy and these fat cats and these oil people and these gas station owners. Okay, we're not in this position because of the guy who owns the local Exxon in your town or the BP or the Shell. You know, we're not. That's not why we're in this position. We're in this position because the guy running the country is a complete and total idiot. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Okay. Sadly, he's not the only one in Washington right now in this administration. But again and again and again, what does Biden come back to? Oh, it's a time of war, global peril, Ukraine, Putin. Okay, I played this clip earlier. I'll play it again for you. Biden keeps telling us what? It's Putin's price hike. It is Putin's price hike. You guys don't understand. It's Putin's price hike. It's bad. Think about this. Gas has been going up for 14 straight months before Putin invaded Ukraine. And we're only susceptible to what Putin does 
because we're no longer energy independent. That was something Biden is completely and totally responsible for. I mentioned this yesterday. Lincoln Fallon, my 13-year-old kid, him and his friends were putting I did that stickers on gas pumps a year and a half ago, meaning gas prices started going up a year and a half ago. And that became a trendy thing around the country. You'd go to the gas station, you'd see a picture of Biden pointing. It was a sticker you'd put on the pump, him pointing to the higher prices. I did that. Those things have been around a year and a half. So in what world did Putin invading Ukraine start this trend? The answer is no world. And here is Jerome Powell. He is your Fed chair. He was testifying on Capitol Hill yesterday, and he flat out admitted that it's not Putin's price hike. Here it is, clip 11. Would you say the war in Ukraine is the primary driver of inflation in America? No, inflation was high before, certainly before the uh, war in Ukraine broke out. I mean, think about that. Inflation was certainly high before the war in Ukraine broke out. Come on, man. I mean, traditionally, he would come on, man, for a president. But nobody has any respect for Joe Biden. He's a pathological liar. And he just looks so desperate in this moment to keep passing the buck and to be willing to get in front of a teleprompter and just read you any demonstrably false statement that they type up for the guy. Okay, that's, again, Biden wants you to believe it's Putin's price hike. Understand that inflation on the day Joe Biden got sworn in was 1.5%. You know what inflation was on the day Putin invaded Ukraine? It's close to 8%. It's close to 8%. Inflation's at about 10% now. So Putin invading Ukraine has driven up prices about, you know, two points. Biden becoming your president drove up prices about seven on their own. Okay, it ain't Putin's problem. Okay, it's Biden's problem. But that's the issue is nobody wants to own this. And when you hear the stoop, just rank stupidity, okay, of Joe Biden scapegoating oil companies, but he won't meet with them. They're in Washington, D.C. You know what Biden was doing today? He was meeting ah, with the conference of wind manufacturers. That's they produce the wind. That's what they do. OK, understand green energy, which is the reason we're supposed to be doing all of this. Green energy doesn't make the environment any safer. Number one. OK, number two, all of these electric vehicles are powered by what? Coal. Ninety percent coal. No one ever talks about where the energy. Oh, they're electric cars. You just plug them in. Oh, really? But when you plug them in, where does the thing they're plugged into actually get its power from? I think he's got a point. From coal. You understand. Where do the minerals come from that we use to build electric cars? Oh, from the batteries. Oh, China. Oh, get out of here. The place that's building all the coal plants. Very interesting. All of that infrastructure, all of the charging grids, everything in between, it's all coming from China. We're decimating our economy, giving China a huge advantage, not making the environment any safer along the way. And oh, by the way, we're going to be facing energy shortages long term. And I can make that audacious claim because green energy is reliable. Everything the Biden administration wants us to, to, to you know, to implement, everything. Everything has been done in Germany. I mean, literally everything. The percentage of green vehicles on the road, the amount of enhanced charging stations, the amount of windmills, the amount of solar. And you know what Germany's doing left and right with a population of 84 million people? Understand, we have 330 million people. We have 330 million people. Germany has 84 million people. And in the Green Energy Manifesto, of, you know, 50 percent EVs on the on the road, cut emissions 50 percent. OK, they've done all of these things. And in a population of 84, 84 million people, you know what they're being forced to do right now? Open up about three coal plants a day, about three a day. Why? 
because they're facing power shortages. Why? Because green energy isn't reliable. What do you do when the wind don't blow? What do you do when the sun doesn't shine? Oh, well, we've got a, you know, we store it. Okay, and does that work? The answer would be no. Barack Obama gave what? $500 million. Do you remember Solyndra back in the day? That bunko? All that money disappeared. Company went belly up in about a half hour. Okay, green energy is not reliable. Okay, we don't have enough green energy to power Germany, which bet everything. And now they're in a mad dash to get power in that country. You understand? And they're buying oil off Putin and they're opening up coal plants. Okay, because they have a power shortage. If you can't get enough green energy to provide for 84 million people, there's no chance you're coming up with enough green energy to provide for what? 330 million people. You're absolutely right. So understand when he keeps saying these things, oh, this is an opportunity. Oh, Putin's price hike. Ooh, we got to go green. You got to realize all of these things, they're just trying to pass the buck. Don't get mad at us. Forget that we cut all this production, all these subsidies, and discouraged all this Wall Street investment of capital. Forget that we shut down pipelines. Forget that we just banned Alaska from producing more oil the way we need them to. Throw all that out of your mind for a second and just think MAGA and think Putin. And please vote for us again because we're a bunch of desperate politicians. Listen, I get that every dirtbag grifter in Washington likes to pass the buck. The problem this time around is Americans need that buck in their gas tank and they can't get it. And that's why Biden's, you know, political tank, that fuel bulb is so bright. They're going to have to change it. Forget empty. They're now unscrewing the fuel light and putting in a new bulb because the guy's a jackass. Well, I filled up Sunday morning with no way to pay for gas that didn't hurt. And I skipped another breakfast Cause it cost a hundred bucks to get to work When I started up my pickup Off I go to spend an extra day at work Biden's caused inflation everywhere And things get more expensive every day On a Sunday morning side job I'm wishing old that I was home But I'm working on a Sunday To pay for gas so I can roam And it's so expensive driving but we all need to get around So I'm working on a Sunday Till the gas price starts coming down You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, man, it is Fox Cross America with Jimmy Fallon. Karine Jean-Pierre, 
White House press secretary. She's worse than Kamala. She might be. She was asked why Biden's not meeting with any of the oil companies that are in D.C. today. Here it is, clip 12. The president expressed this, this sentiment again today on, on really laying down the hammer on these big oil companies. And so why is he not in the room tomorrow to express this message himself? Well, the president talked about this, as you said, as you just stated earlier today. Um, the Secretary of Energy, Senator Granholm, who is just standing before you, is going to have those conversations. Um, and, uh, and what we want to see is a solution, uh, come up with ideas. There will be representatives from the White House who will be in the room as well. I mean, come on, lady. What we want to see is a solution. That's why we're not meeting with the people who could solve the problem. What an idiot. Think about that. We're so serious about solving this problem that we're not going to personally sit down and meet with the people who would help us solve the problem. Think about what you were just told. I'm telling you, there's, we, we, we don't have a fuel crisis. We have a stupid crisis. Like, we don't have a border crisis. We don't have a crime crisis. We have a stupid crisis. There are stupid people in charge right now. None dumber, okay, when it comes to stupid in the media than Erin Haynes. She's on MSNBC saying people need to calm down about inflation and stop complaining. Here it is, clip 13. There is a great deal of Americans where it is uncomfortable that they're spending more, but they are not going to go under. You know, you you got to stop complaining when there's so many people who literally the inflation rate means they may only have two meals instead of three. There are Americans who did extremely well in the last two years in the market. You still have your job. And yeah, it's costing you more for gas, but guess what? You're still going to take that holiday, that 4th of July vacation. You could still eat out. So I'm going to need you to calm down and back off. Can you imagine being that stupid? How does she know? Who's going to be fine and who isn't going to be fine? Who can still go out to dinner? And by the way, you did great in the market. Every single penny of profit the market has turned since Biden got into office is now gone. Okay? I'm telling you, we're living in a time of weapons-grade stupidity. It is Fox Across America, your main man, Jimmy Fallon. You know, 95% of the gas stations in this country are mom and pops. They're family owned. So when you hear Biden yelling and screaming, oh, cut profits, you know, they're making like two to three cents a gallon. But he's scapegoating the mom and pops. Remember Scranton Joe? Friend of the, I'm a friend of the little guy. He's a dirtbag, and I don't take any joy in saying that. I'm a guy who actually cares about the country, and I don't get on the radio as an activist. I get on the radio as a talk show host. But right now, he's really failing the country on a historic level, and his desperate attempts to scapegoat other people for his own failings really have people, you know, furious. Maybe not my next guest, who remains a staunch supporter of the Biden administration, and I'm interested to hear why. He's the executive director of Power of the Future. Daniel Turner is here. Hey, man. Jimmy, you know what? I think you're giving him a hard time. We all need to be grateful for our 18 cents savings. And, you know, the guy who flies every weekend in Air Force One to his beach house in Delaware, 
he has bequeathed upon each of us 18 cents per gallon. And you need to be grateful for those crumbs. That's <laughs> so funny. Like, the like, how does – and this is the thing. Let's talk media for two seconds to add to what you just said. How is everyone in the media not circulating the clip that everyone on the conservative side of the aisle is circulating, which is Obama trashing the idea of repealing the gas tax? Do we just pretend these things don't happen now? It's it's pretty remarkable how much the messaging has changed. Obama realized now, for for context, Obama was saying it's a gimmick because Hillary Clinton had supported it. So this was part of the Democrat uh-huh. uh, um, uh, uh, primary of 2008. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's remarkable how Obama realized it's a gimmick. He said we need better solutions. Of course, he doesn't have my solutions in mind because he also hates the fossil fuel industry. But yeah, here's Obama. Here's Biden just recycling the same old boring crap you know but but isn't that politics in a nutshell especially democrat politics it's the same recycled crap over and over again election after election it's 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 unbelievable how small-minded and petty these politicians are it's funny you know i was saying yesterday that you know on the sopranos they used to have this thing called no show construction jobs where the mobsters would yes. get like 50 jobs they didn't actually have to show up to work and they'd still get paid and usually when you work in government in this country you do kind of have a no show construction job but in a time of actual crisis you're actually asked to do something and in this instance they're giving us no show construction job solutions biden's not even meeting with the oil ceos that are in washington this this week is that correct yeah, absolutely he said his staff is doing it, his team is doing it for him. Mm. He's trying to show how, how how tough he is, and I'm not going to sit down with those guys. Now, he is going to go fly to Saudi Arabia and kiss the ring of, of, of the king mm-hmm. next next month, right? Yeah. So he will sit down with him. He is sending envoys to Venezuela and, and to Iran. Mm. Uh, he'll sit down with those guys, right? But he will not talk to the fossil fuel executives. And I, again, like – how silly are these games he's playing? Do, do people really think that he's trying to, you know, you look how tough Joe Biden is. He won't sit down with the CEO of Exxon. Yeah. And by the way, you think of, you know, how humbling it has to be to be the CEO of something like Exxon or mm-hmm. Conoco, monster companies, hugely smart guys, powerful, blah, blah, blah. And they're sitting down with some 25-year-old brown liberal arts major who's like, no, you tell me why you're not producing more oil. <laughs> Like, how embarrassing for these guys. Ugh. Some you got to sit down with some kid who gives you his pronouns at the start of the meeting. That's <laughs> silly. Like, come on, you know, man. You hauled before Congress and hauled before the White House. And, I, I, you know, wh- why won't he just say, look, what, what, what can we do? What, what's, what, what do you guys need to produce more oil? But it's no, it's top down. I will tell them that they have to produce more oil. The funny thing yesterday about his remarks was he said at a time of war, who knew? Yeah. I didn't know we were at war. You know, <laughs> I, I, is, the, is the Ukraine war our war? And I'll, I'll never forget that for a year and a half, we watched almost two million Hutus and Tutsis slaughter each other in Rwanda, mm-hmm. and no one cared. No, right? like no, no one cared. Clinton didn't care. The UN didn't care. Bono didn't even write a damn poem. Right? But, <laughs> Come but now on, the Ukraine is like, holy cow! Everyone, stop what you're doing. I just drove back from DC. All I saw on the highway were Ukrainian flags. Everyone's oh. waving Ukraine flags. Well, it's fascinating. I feel bad because you know I grew up on Long Island, right? And this time of year, the Hamptons is usually making huge money, but they're going broke because all the celebrities are hanging out in Ukraine. 
<laughs> Nobody's going. They're all hanging out with Zelensky. I was like, you know, I'm sure you saw I tweeted about this. I'm like, who has a better work-life balance than this guy? He's literally at war, and every time you open up Twitter, he's with another celebrity hanging out. How does he do this? Every, everyone who is cool is pretty soon there's going to be the desperate housewives of Kiev. I, I saw Tickle Me Elmo and Burton Ernie were going to do their next show from, from, from Ukraine. Everyone is going to Ukraine. It's the new cool spot. It's like Coachella. <laughs> That's a line. Ukraine is the new Coachella. That's so crazy. And it's it's nuts, but that's what's going on. And like, but the thing I come back to about that, we're talking to the great Daniel Turner, is every time he tells us, and he was contradicted by Jerome Powell, the Fed chair yesterday, about, you know, Ukraine being the root cause of inflation and everything in between. Uh, but every time he does tell us the war in Ukraine is the root of all economic evils, we should be having a conversation then if, if he were to be taken at his word about ending the war. But we're not having that conversation. We're doing what you just described. We're having a Coachella. Like Merrick Garland is our attorney general. What is our attorney general doing in Ukraine? He doesn't enforce the law there. No. No, he doesn't enforce the law here either, which is clear. <laughs> so, you know, you don't enforce the law anywhere. So true. Again, I want one of these no-show construction jobs because they all make good salaries and yep. they all fly on private jets. Yep. I would love to get my hands on one of those jobs. Oh, um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's remarkable. And in the meantime, I know – we, we make light of it because if we don't laugh, we'll go insane. Yep. Um, but, but people really are struggling right now. And, people, and we're in bad shape as a nation, and we're headed towards worse shape. Um, but you're not finding any relief from this administration minus the 18 cents a gallon we're going to get. Because the real solutions, mm-hmm. the real way to lower oil prices and, and energy prices consistently, sustainably, is to produce more here in America. But that would mean fossil fuels have to swoop in as the good guy. They have to come to the rescue. They have to be the winner. And Joe Biden will not allow that to happen. Government has to be the winner. He has to be the winner. He has to give us our salvation. Um, And that's why we're never going to see relief while he's in power, because... He, he cannot allow the fossil fuel industry to, quote, unquote, win. I don't care about the industry, the profits, the Exxons. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to win. I want the industry to win so that the American people win. Yeah, he's, he's not thinking on those terms. What's funny is, you know, they completely tune out the wants and needs of the electorate. And I it, there's this weird condescending thing in liberal circles where they just think they know better than us. So it's like, listen, you know, you guys, it's you're getting screwed. You can't pay for gas. Everybody's screwed. But trust us, we know better. And in the long run, you'll be better because of our vision. And it's weird that they're so self-assured because they're so stupid and none of their policies are actually helping. Here's something I wanted to ask you, though, OK, because I've been reading up on Germany a lot. OK, Germany is a population of 84 million people, and they have implemented pretty much everything that we're pushing for in the left wing of this country right now as it, as it in terms you know, of green energy and everything in between. And I'm reading that a population of 84 million people is facing so many power shortages that they're firing up coal plants every other day. So if that's the case in Germany, where they've achieved what we're supposed to consider the holy grail in terms of emissions and green energy, in what world could you tell me that green energy can power 330 million people? Well, that's the remarkable thing. If they could show me where it has worked I would say we could follow their policies. But the country that is most along, which is Germany, is reversing course, and they are putting coal plants back online, which is good. And I love coal, and I will never believe this, and no one should fall for this nonsense that coal is somehow dirty or coal is somehow bad. It's not. These are the things that we've been told by the environmental left. Mm -hmm. Just like Joe Biden told us yesterday, if you don't support 
his, uh, uh, if you don't support high gas prices, you support Vladimir Putin. <laughs> we, won't, we cannot allow them to give us a false binary. But you're absolutely right. Show me where green energy has worked. Show me where the countries that have adopted it and spent hundreds of billions of dollars to try to implement it. And it's been nothing but a complete failure. You could probably summarize, summarize it as, as this. When you take policy advice from a 16-year-old Swedish chick, this is the result, right? <laughs> this is what happens when Greta Thunberg gets to determine your energy policy. And real people, adults, sat down with her and said, oh, well, we should listen to what Greta says because she's 16 years old. She has no idea what the hell she's talking about, but we've listened to her. It's no different than we have Ben Stiller go talk about Ukraine. Who anointed these people? Where are the adults in the room to stand up and say, I'm sorry, like, you know, I don't want Mark Harmon to give me cancer advice. He played a doctor on TV, but he's not really a doctor. (laughs) Daniel Turner criticizing Greta Thornburg. How dare you? How dare, dare you? Know. That was the pull quote when she gave the big speech. But you're right. It's like trends govern the country now. And that's not yeah. healthy. That's not good. That's why we're in the position that we're in. So I listen, yeah. I, I agree that we're not going to turn it around under them. Here's my question, though. OK, because, poli- you know, politicians have on some level they're governed by self-preservation instincts. OK, they want power. They want to be in charge. They like eating at Cafe Milano. Cafe Milano is a hot lunch date in Washington, D.C. They like that, you know, $6,500 lobbyist lunch. Is there a world where the midterms are going to be as bad as they project to be? I think anybody in their right mind knows they're going to break the record in terms of seats lost. Obama lost 63 seats in his first midterm. Biden really might lose 90 seats. My question to you is if they lose 90 seats, is that the type of referendum where the far left wing of the Democratic Party gets told to sit down by the moderates who do have self-preservation instincts or like I guess what I'm asking you is how pervasive is the green ideology in the party? Is it a small faction like a tyranny of the minority that happens to be very vocal or are there enough people out there that kind of see things in a mansion cinema type of way where they'll at least push back for their own good? I think there are enough uh, uh, moderates to to slowly push back after they have a bit of a of, of a whooping this yeah. November, and that is exactly what's going to happen. But if you're a Democrat strategist right now, and you don't care about issues, right? You don't care about people. You just care about winning. If you're looking at political strategy and you're saying, how do I win? Well, what groups are going to get you to win? You've got the Roe v. Wade groups, and you need their energy. You need their enthusiasm. You've got the anti-gun uh, uh, David Hogg groups. Right? You need their enthusiasm. You need them to knock on doors and all that stuff. And you've got the crazy environmentalists. And so you're not going to let Joe Biden do anything in the energy space that upsets them because you're running out of people. Remember we used to talk about soccer moms? Yeah. The soccer moms are gone. Yeah. Right, The suburbs are bitten, overrun. Heck, they're stealing more cars on Staten Island now than they are in other boroughs because the other boroughs, they're out of basically nice cars. And now <laughs> people are coming over from Newark and coming over from Brooklyn into Staten Island and stealing cars, right? So the soccer moms are gone. The soccer moms' neighborhoods are overrun by crime. They're teaching their their kids in school to become transgender. So so what what voting group, what what political uh, uh, cohort do I have left? The Greens are big, and you are not going to risk alienating them before November. Wow. So, yes, $5 a gallon is basically here till the midterms is what you're telling me. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. <laughs> And, and and beyond, sadly, it's going to get, you know, we're having a little bit of a dip right now, Jimmy, but it's mm-hmm. going to get 
worse again. I got bad news. It's going to get worse. It's so crazy. And it, it basically all comes back to supply and demand. You know, you can repeal gas taxes, but if the supply and demand ratio is off, we're screwed. But they just won't acknowledge it. It really is nuts. Uh, last question. We've had so much Top Gun talk on the show yesterday. Mm. Apparently, Senator Tim Scott is getting kickbacks. I know he legally can't, but I, either that or he's a Scientologist that he didn't tell me. He talked up Top Gun so hard. And then Emily Campagno basically came on and asked out Tom Cruise. Um, where is Daniel Turner on Top Gun? Did you watch Top Gun? No, but you know the um, the one of the Air and Space Museums, the Udvar Hazy famous one, um, is about an hour away from my house in Virginia, and and it, is on, it does have a big IMAX. Oh. And so I was thinking of going to watch it there because I've heard great things. Um, but I, ha- I would like to give it a shot. So well, I will I will go. I just haven't had a chance. The ending's tough because they can't actually fight the enemies because they they run out of gas money for the F fourteen. <laughs> And so, yeah, Maverick's just throwing rocks from the beach. It's kind of he has a good arm. It's just it's a, it's a little underwhelming compared to what you expect, you know. Uh, spoiler yeah. alert: uh, Daniel Turner, <laughs> the best. Enjoy the IMAX. I'll talk to you soon, brother. Thanks, Jimmy. Always a pleasure. My man, there he goes, the great Daniel Turner. There we go. After this, the show that always has a giant smile on its face all day long. I just want to make everybody happy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I can't hear this song and not think of Kingpin when they get together at the Reno Invitational out in Reno, Nevada. And Roy Munson takes on Big Earn McCracken. But it is not Kingpin tonight on Tucker Carlson tonight. The showdown between Dana Perino, former White House press secretary, and your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. I got to be honest, folks. The tail of the tape on this one, not pretty. I'm not sure how they even licensed this matchup, <laughs> the Boxing Commission. Perino uh, probably, I'm not kidding, is, is on an IQ test, beats me by a couple hundred points. I don't even know what the max point is on an IQ test. But she's favored. She's like a 500-to-1 favorite in Vegas. But I'm showing up. This is why you play the game. This is a Buster Douglas Mike Tyson moment in terms of intellect. I, of course, being the James Buster Douglas on paper, it remains to be seen who emerges with the belt. But if you're anywhere near a TV tonight and you're really looking for escapism, Tucker Carlson's final exam is a beyond the headlines segment where we take a quiz based on other things going on in the world. Silly animal stories, you know, Florida man makes love to a hot pocket, like weird stuff. And he tests our knowledge of peripheral peripheral events in the country outside the political sphere. It's such good fun. It's such good escapism. And uh, I I love doing it. The first time I did it was at Amy Hordasek, and uh, I came up on the short end of the stick. But, uh, you know, tonight is Dana Perino's the bell of the ball. Like, I, I, you hear me use the term a lot, Fox News franchise quarterback. In this building, she is the most respected and revered person 
walking the hallways. I mean, when you talk about the caliber of individual, none higher than Dana Perino. Like, I'm the guy who, like, knows a cop's brother who gets me in, sneaks me past security, like, in the building. Like, when we get on a plane, just to give you an example, as Fox News talent, like, Dana Perino is greeted by the captain before the platinum travelers on the airline. Like, gets a handshake, the CEO comes down and fist bumps her. Like, I get on the plane by way of the luggage cart and fly stowaway. Like, there's no comparison. She's in, like, row, she's in row 1A. I'm lucky if I get one of the front wheels of the plane. Uh, but the idea of competition, the idea of upsets, and, you know, that's what America is, right? We were a 55-and-a-half-point underdog in Vegas when we took on the British. So what I'm telling you is we've got a shot in this game tonight. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? I'm telling you, don't sleep on the community college graduates because we are showing up tonight at 8 o'clock on the Tucker Carlson show, and we are going hard. You better be there because I may not come home with a victory, but I'd like to bring home some ratings uh, for the Tuck man. So we'll see you then one way or the other. The show's over. Pay up. Get out. We'll see you tomorrow with Lincoln Fela. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.